Production support for this episode of Not Your Grandma's Cancer Show brought to you by students from Townley Grammar. Wait a second. This isn't your grandma's cancer show. Not your grandma's cancer show. Hi, I'm Tatum DeRock, and this is Not Your Grandma's Cancer Show. And today we're chatting about what it's like when your parent has cancer and you are a teenager. It's already a really complicated, often quite a turbulent time of life. So when your mum or dad gets cancer, it can have a big impact. Plus, it can be especially tough if you feel like your friends don't really understand. And that's why we have guests here today that do. So although everyone has a really different experience and maybe you'll agree with some of the things and maybe not others, that's okay because just like having a friend group around, it's nice to be able to hear some experiences reflected back. And they're going to not only be sharing their story, but also telling us about the kinds of things that they've found helpful. And today's show is produced in partnership with students from Townley Grammar School um, as part of the First Give um, competition. And we'll find out a little bit more about that later. Um, We have Chloe Matthews, um, who's 16, and her mother was diagnosed with cancer, joining us for an interview. And she's also doing double duty and will be my co-host. And later in the show, we'll hear from Ed, who is 16 and who is 14 when his mother was diagnosed with breast cancer. Right now, I'm delighted to have Chloe here with me. Hi, Chloe. Hi. It's so nice to have you on the show. And, you know, you were the one who wanted to do this project. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us a little bit about the project that you're doing. Uh, basically, you get into groups. There's six of us in my group. And you pick a charity completely of your choice. But it has to be a smaller charity, so not a massive one. So the £1,000 that you win, if you win, goes directly to a charity and will actually make a huge difference. So... Um, when we were talking about what charity, everyone was really quite in agreement that we should do something with cancer because it's kind of relevant. So, yeah, we picked Shine because that supported my mum and stuff. And it's important because you see um, lots of stuff for, like, children. Like, when I was researching, there was a lot of, like, teenagers with cancer or, like, over 60s with cancer. But they kind of get missed out, like, the 20s, 30s or 40s. So we thought it was imperative that they got like some attention as well I guess yeah. and so how old were you when your mum was diagnosed Four, 14 yeah last year 14 and it was in summer but it was like she didn't know about it either so she was going to the doctor for like a year and they were sending her away with different antibiotics because she wasn't in the age range of cancer I guess of her bowel cancer and um so they sent her away and they kept sending her away. And then eventually she was like, no, something's wrong. So they sent her for a scan. And at first she didn't tell me it was cancer. She just told me that there was something wrong with her bowel. And I was like, oh, okay. And then my sister, and then it was, we were literally at dinner and she was like, oh, I got the results from my scan. There's something wrong with my stomach. We'll be okay. I just need to go on a different medicine. And I was like, okay. And then I went and I watched some TV and then left my sister and my mum talking. And then she comes into the room and then she's like, um, Bethany just asked if it was cancer and I thought I should probably tell you that it is like she kind of said it like 
So when she told me, she, it didn't have its the same impact, I guess, because when she said the word cancer, it was like, ah. So, oh. yeah. And then I didn't cry. I just sat there, and I was like, but you're going to be okay, right? And she was like, yeah. But it was obvious that she was just saying that to kind of soften the blow, I guess. But it was, it was crazy, because when you see it in the films, it's like they get cancer, they lose their hair, and they either get better or they die. And it's like a quite just two hours of that but it's a lot different to when it actually happens like it's not how you think it is yeah and so during that time that your mum was sick beforehand Mm -hmm. when she kept going back to the doctor were you worried about her during that time I wasn't really worried it was kind of like she didn't really she just go I'm going to the doctor today or she just wouldn't tell us like she was going to work she was doing like things so I just kind of I didn't care I obviously cared but it was like she was just going to the doctor because right. she had like an infection, so it didn't really. It didn't really. I don't know what the word would be. Like it didn't. It's really. It, it didn't kind of land with you. Like you yeah, didn't it didn't seem serious. It just yeah. she was going to the GP. Right. And she wouldn't. She'd only tell me like. I don't know how many times, but she wouldn't tell me every single time she would go to the doctor. She would just tell me a couple. And how did that feel that she told you some of the time and not others? I don't know because I kind of she just didn't tell me like I kind of just figured it out she was from the doctors because she'd tell me the results or she'd go I'm going to the doctor so I can't pick you up from school today or something and I was kind of in my own little bubble so I didn't really kind of take it in I kind of just went okay have fun and did that change after you knew that it was cancer yeah I think I asked some questions I don't ask loads I kind of I let her tell me information, and if I have questions, then I'll ask her, but I don't have many. And how has it been talking to your friends? Good. I think um, it's kind of, no one really knows what to say, because it's kind of like, uh, w- w- like, what do you do in that situation? Like, no one really knows. I don't know either. And sometimes it's weird, because I don't know what I want. Like, when I'm upset, I I'll just sit there in my dark room for like the whole day not speaking to anyone or some days I'll just kind of want to talk to people about it then what do I talk about because it's just the same thing so it's like I can't really talk to people because it's like the same thing and it they can't give me any advice to make it better like I'm I'm stuck in this so it's kind of and they obviously have their own stuff going on so I can't like bombard them with all these problems when you don't know what's ah, what's going on in their life yeah and does, does that feel quite isolating then does it ever feel yeah I isolate myself quite a lot but I don't know it's kind of it's weird because no one can help really they can probably help me like by listening to me but they can't take it away right so sometimes I just kind of sit by myself or sometimes I'll go into school and I'll make myself like cheer myself up and be like, no, today you're not going to be sad. Like on her chemo days, I'll be like, right, let's get through this day and stuff. And speaking of kind of getting through a day, is your is your life different? Yeah, definitely. There's a lot more jobs to do, and like with my exams, I kind of I told them right, can we just split the jobs up with you guys for these next three weeks or something, so I can just revise. And that that was quite nice because I well, wasn't really because I have revision, but it was like. Um, I didn't have to do that many jobs for that bit because they kind of respected that I had stuff to do. But usually I'd have 
jobs to do and my dad's now the like primary carer of everyone which he wasn't before so it was kind of he's new to it as well as am I so like there's loads of jobs that I don't know existed and it's like oh Chloe you haven't done this and it's like what is that I didn't even know that was a thing <laughs> like what kinds of things um like cleaning the skirting like you know the around the yeah. floor and then by the by the cooker like when like oil splashes out of this pan washing the wall mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah those are not things that you necessarily I, think about before I didn't, doing... I didn't know and my mum was like why haven't you done this and it's like because it wasn't a thing a year ago so I'm still kind of getting used to it like the washing and drying up I kind of enjoy because you just put some music on and you can have fun but like there's some boring jobs like hoovering hoovering and stuff so I don't like them because you can't listen to music when you're hoovering when you're moving around <laughs> and how is it talking to your mum about it uh it's good she cries a lot so does my sister I'm not very a, I'm not a cry person when I cry there's something seriously wrong so I kind of sit there and listen and it while she cries and then um I don't know it's very hard for her obviously so I don't know and how how does that feel when you do you feel like you need to support like your mum and your yeah. sister in those moments? Yeah, it's frustrating because I can support them as best as I can, but I don't have the capability to kind of take it away. So like when someone would have a problem like a friendship issue, you could just say, "Well, don't be friends with them," or "Don't do this." But it's like it's fair enough. People on the outside saying, "Well." don't like think about it just be positive it's like yeah I can be positive like some of the time but you've got to understand that you can't be positive all the time because no it might not get better that's the thing like it could be all of her life it could like stop or she could die like that's the bottom line and I think I'm kind of coming to terms with that which is a bit it's scary but those skills that you've already learned of that, you know, while there are times that you have had like a day that you're like, okay, today I'm going to give myself a bit of space and I'm going to, you know, um, designate this time to be okay and maybe have a better time. The fact that you're acknowledging that you can't be like that all the time yeah. and those emotions are going to come up is, you know, part of the way that that you get through it I I used to always like I would never kind of show people I was upset I'd kind of always be happy because I I I don't know why I thought that was probably the only way to get through it just to be happy but then I realized like that was making me that was making me worse like I was it was making me more sad at home like I'd be all happy all day and I'd go home and I'd be like oh this is my reality it was like I was living like a double life I guess it was like I was at school and I was fine and then at home it was kind of hard to cope with like I don't know how like a alter ego I guess because I was like really like trying to be there for everyone trying to support everyone probably not very well but I was trying and then I also had my own stuff going on and that schoolwork and then it just too much I guess Chloe, thank you so much for sharing all of that. I really um, appreciate it. And I'm also really delighted that you're going to stay in the studio with me (laughs) because next up we're going to have Ed joining us um, and we'll be hearing about his 
story coming up in just a moment. Hi, welcome back. Um, we're here in the studio. We have Ed joining us and me and Chloe are both hosting this segment. Welcome to the show, Ed. Thank you. Um, how was it hearing uh, Chloe's interview? It was good. Yeah. yeah. Could you relate to some of it? Yeah, some of it, yeah. Yeah. And um, so how did you find out that your mum had cancer? Well, it was on the day that she found out as well, I think. Um I was in my living room just, you know, doing whatever I was doing and she sat me and my brother down and just and just told us there, really, yeah. And did it sink in immediately or...? Yeah, because yeah. it was a bit of a shock because you hear these stats like one in three people get cancer or something like that, but you always think, like, it's never going to be me. Right. Then it does affect you. And obviously your parents telling you that, you do start to worry a, a little bit. And when you worried, were you, were you able to talk to your mum about that? Yeah, um, she was quite, you know, um, gave me a lot of information about what was going on. So I knew what was going on at all times, so that was helpful. Yeah. And um, how was your little brother? Um, he, he, was, he was okay. He's slightly more emotional, I think, than I am. But he wasn't massively, you know, like crying or... Um, hiding in his room or anything like that. Yeah, so he was okay as well. Um, did your friends support you as well, or was it, like, just home? Well, I didn't tell many of my friends, not because I didn't want to, because I felt I didn't need to, but some of them did know. Um, one of my friends was quite um, supportive for me. Um, but apart from that, I didn't really talk to my friends much about it. Not because I didn't want to tell them, or I felt I couldn't tell them, just because I didn't really need to. Personally. And your friend that was supportive, in what way did they show you that? Well, he would just talk to me. Um, I told him across um, Facebook because it was in the evening and he was just saying, like, you know, I I'm here for you if you if you want me. And, yeah, he was just genuinely, like, kind of that stay strong kind of, um, kind of thing. Yeah. What about for your brother? Do you think it... Your brother kind of wanted to talk a bit more than you did about it. Um, I, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. Yeah. Did you find that between the two of you, it was a subject that didn't really come up as much? No, or? but not because it was like that. There wasn't an ear of like we couldn't talk about it. It was just we just didn't talk about it. Mm -hmm. Really. Do you think it would have been handy to have spoken about it some more, or? Did you feel like that was a good way of getting through? No, it was it was okay for me. I didn't feel like I needed to talk to him um, for support, or I don't feel like he needed to talk to me either. Because the thing is, we always knew exactly what was going on. You know, my mum said, "This is what's happening. This is what's going on. It is it is curable. I should be okay." I suppose we were both kind of like, you know, good about okay. that. Did you like that she was telling you everything, or did you, was there some points where you were like, okay, I don't want any more information? No, not, not at all, actually. Um, I liked to know everything, because if you don't know everything, you get kind of scenarios in your head 
thinking this might be happening or, or that might be happening. But if you're told exactly what is happening, then you don't have any of that. So that was good. Did you find that it affected, like, your life in terms of, like, schoolwork or, like, extra responsibilities or...? Um... I was in my third year of high school, so i just chosen my options for GCSEs. So it was quite lucky, really. Obviously, you know, it, the whole situation wasn't lucky, but in that, in that aspect, it wasn't GCSEs, it wasn't massively important, so it came at a good possible time, really. If it was going to come, it, I would have chosen around then, really. So you had less pressure yeah. around that time. Do you feel like it's changed you as a person, or are you kind of the same? Well, mostly I'm the same, but when I hear that someone's got cancer or something like that, I kind of realise what it's actually like to go to go through that. Do you feel like it's made you a bit more empathetic then to to other people's stories? Yeah, yeah, because it's not just your parent. Obviously, um, my mum's gone to like shine and stuff and you hear about other people who are slightly worse off and then you get told that and you think that's not really nice to to go through and did anyone at your school know um like did your teachers or anybody my know? my one uh form tutor knew because i think i was off school at, at one point it was something to do with to with my mum so she knew but I don't think anyone else knew it at school. But I wasn't bothered if they did know. Oh, I, I didn't like not want them to know, but I didn't want to tell them either, so I was I was fine with that, whether they knew or not. It didn't bother me. Was there, time, was there times that it like, affected your homework and your schoolwork, so you just like didn't do it because you were stressed or whatever, or did you always kind of stick to all your schedules and stuff? No, I, did, I still did homework fine, and any revision I had to do, I still... I still did that fine, really, yeah. Do you worry about, um, did, well, at the time and now, did you feel like you needed to be strong for your mum or look after your mum? Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, there's treatment. Then after the treatment, there's chemotherapy, which obviously makes you, you know, really tired and quite ill. And that's the point where you kind of, have to do stuff um, for your mum because she literally you know can't can't do it. Obviously, my dad has, he goes to work, so it comes on to me and my brother as a responsibility there. So w- with that responsibility, I mean, one of the things is that you find out at quite a young point a little bit of a role reversal yeah. happening with your parent, and you're in the position of caring, which opens up a whole new opportunity of even how to care so we're talking about skirting boards and oil on the walls um but was there some things that you did that you didn't didn't expect or some new things that you learned about looking after somebody i don't think there was anything new it it was new to me at the time but i knew eventually i would have to do these things like hoovering dusting and and stuff like that i knew eventually when I got older, I would have to do those things, but it just came earlier than I expected, which which was which was okay as well. Cool. 
Well, thank you so much, Ed. Um, stay with us, because in the third part of the show, we're going to be um, chatting about um, some resources and some of the things that were really helpful um, for, you know, when you when you have a bad day, um, what to do with it and what to do with those emotions. And that's coming up right now. So we're back with Chloe and Ed, and during our break, Chloe um, <laughs> mentioned, um, well, actually asked a question of Ed, which I thought would be really great to share. Uh, I just said that he seemed to handle it very well compared to me. I'm like an emotional wreck all the time. So yeah, I thought that was crazy that it was like completely different. Yeah, I'm the complete opposite, really. I, I was, obviously I cared, but I wasn't crying or stressed or like locking myself in my room or anything like that so it just shows you know really a variety of experience and 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 that's the thing about when something like this happens is that you have your own personality your own way of dealing with things and then this comes along that you know can accentuate that but it doesn't necessarily turn you necessarily into a completely different way of handling things just that it's yeah would you say that's a fair thing to say? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would. <laughs> so, um, so in terms of resources, in terms of those really bad days, um, what do you do on a bad day, Chloe? I watch Friends. Like, it's my favourite thing ever. Like, it always cheers me up. Like, at the moment, I'm on season nine. Like, I'm watching it all the way through. It's the best thing. I just sit in my room watching Friends and eating food and then it doesn't always make me feel better it doesn't make me feel worse either okay. and if you're crying and you, you can't stop crying then you just watch friends and it will stop you crying <laughs> or if you feel like you want to cry but you can't watch sad movies that's what i do when i've been upset for ages but haven't been able to like cry or let my emotions out i sit in my room and i watch the four in our stars or um the longest ride that is a really sad movie and i just sit there and then i watch it and I cry. So it's quite a cathartic experience just to like Yeah. To let, let all go. my emotions out. Otherwise I'll just like shout at someone for <laughs> pushing me in the corridor or something. So I have to do something. Yeah. And have you what, what are some of the things that you like to do that kind of either distract you or make you think about it? Well, it feels kind of wrong, but I actually don't have bad days. I'm I'm always <laughs> in a, a positive mood it's not it's not very often where i would um be in a bad mood or, or be sad or anything like that but i'm normally kind of thinking there's always someone that's worse off than you in the world and it makes you like forget about what's going on with you which you think well compared to them they would kill for what i for what i, I have what situation i'm in yeah yeah that's true that's a good way of looking at it. It's useful. I'll use that. Because I don't, I don't know. She, there's not many things. Like, there's only that riprap thing that I've seen. The website. It's the only one I've seen that's kind of... Um, shows support. But they, it's not even... I don't know. Because the people just say their stories. They don't say how they're coping with it, I guess. And then the people just write back, which is useful. But then it's like, if you're looking for a way to kind of be happier or express your emotions 
Yeah. So um, the RipRap website is riprap.org. And um, on there, it has loads of different stories from different teenagers. And they've categorized the stories under sad or angry or positive or um, which is quite nice because you can you know going into a story what the general feel of it is um and chloe you've you've put your story on rip prep i did how did it how did it feel to to share it was weird i guess because anyone can read it but then i thought i was reading all these stories and i thought it's not very fair if i'm reading all their stories and then they're not reading mine back i guess so i just wrote it and it was quite cool the next morning I was like oh let me just see if anyone's seen it and then some woman her name was Hayley I don't remember she wrote this whole big paragraph about how I should stay strong and stuff and it was quite sweet because I don't know especially if you're feeling alone it's nice to know that some complete stranger actually cares for you I guess that was quite nice yeah and they also have, um, I don't know if you had to look under their support in your area, but they've got like a whole listing of like national support specifically for teenagers as well as local support places. So if things are feeling overwhelming or you feel like you can't talk to someone, then you can go through there and um, find out what's what's in your area, which I thought was really handy. Um have you, either of you, met any other people before today um, that um, were in the same situation as you? There's some people in my school that have, but I'm not close with them. So I've just heard it through people. Like, when I've told them, they're like, oh, yeah, so-and-so's done it. Haven't really done it, gone through it. I haven't really spoken to them about it because we're not kind of on, like, we're not really that good friends. But it's, it's nice to see that it's not just me out of the whole world that has because that's what kind of feels kind of isolating at times for me yeah i don't know anyone personally who was affected by it but you often hear like someone in your village for example you know gets it and you know they have kids or something and so then you know it's not you as well like like chloe said but no one personally so it's kind of important to not feel that you're the only one in that situation. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of other people's stories, we're actually going to listen to one from the RipRap website right now. Mum had four lots of chemotherapy until they realised it was affecting her heart. All her hair had fallen out by then, so they put her on a new one for four lots. Then they put her on radiotherapy, then her receptin. Just when she thought it was nearly over, she got a call. It had come back in her lungs. She found out October 2014. She didn't want to tell me, but when she was crying, I said I wouldn't leave until she told me, so she did. I was so upset, and I gave her a huge hug and tried not to cry, but it didn't work. I was so angry as well that I punched the wall. Sometimes I still get angry. Once I threw my phone at a wall, and a little bit of the phone broke. My mum has to have chemo for the rest of her life, but she's coping at the moment. So that was Alicia's story. And you can hear in her story that she has a a mixture of emotions, including anger. And that can be a really complicated place to be, both for yourself and for the parent as well. So I wanted to ask you guys, what do you think 
parents can do to support their teenager in this position? I would say make sure um, that your child knows exactly what, what's going on because, like I said earlier, you start thinking of scenarios in your head, like possible like really bad scenarios, but if they know, then they don't have any of that. So that's what I think parents should do. Yeah. I think that's well. Uh, um, maybe check that they're okay with it. Because like I know when my mum tells me stuff sometimes that makes me kind of worry more. Like additional... Like I like the basics, but then she'll tell me like additional information. And then that would lead me to more questions that maybe she doesn't have the answer to. So I think um, check in that like your child actually wants to know all of this stuff or if they're okay just kind of chilling in the background because I was reading an article that said that um and and it was specifically for teenagers that the best thing is to have an overview of everything that's going on and then to get like a bulletin of information so you feel like you're in the loop um but yeah you don't necessarily have to um, so you don't have to wonder if there's anything that you haven't been told. What do you think of um, when parents don't tell their their children information? Well, it it does depend on what the child is like as a parent. If you know your child's a complete emotional wreck, <laughs> then don't give them bad news because you know it won't go down well. Then if that person is a kind of emotional wreck maybe they're thinking of the worst possible situation so perhaps you could tell them what is going on but try and make it sound slightly positive for them so kind of skewing the information tailoring it but also acknowledging that if your child is actually really worried it might be because they don't have enough information yeah, yeah. um my mum has bowel cancer and then secondary cervical cancer and she didn't tell me about the cervical cancer because she didn't want to um worry me because she just thought oh it's cancer it's this it's the same wherever it is but then I found out I didn't find out like she was just talking about it like like she had told me and I was like oh you never told me and then she was like well I didn't really think it mattered that much and I was like yeah yeah it does because it's like another step like I think it depends on what the information is. Like, if it's just information, like, I'm going for my... Like, she goes on Tuesday for chemo consultations and then has chemo on Friday. If, like, I don't need to know that because that's, like, every day she... Like, every other week. But if it's, like, massive information like that, then I really, like, want to know that because now that leaves me with questions like, well, oh, she didn't tell me that. Maybe she hasn't told me this or that or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so generally kind of definitely wanting to know the big stuff <laughs> maybe not all the little the smaller more everyday things but kind of yeah a news bulletin um and so we've come to the end of the show thank you so much for sharing your experiences i know that it can be um challenging sometimes to talk about this um and actually even for listening especially because something today might have you know really hit home or might have not so it was actually one of Chloe's friends that said um 
what she does is a five-minute decompression. So after thinking even about other people's stories, um, and you probably find this after watching Fault in Your Stars, mm-hmm. um, is that you know it's good to kind of acknowledge the emotions that do come up and if you find yourself a bit later in the day sometimes getting a bit you know irrationally angry or upset at something it might just be that you have still some residual feelings so we're totally acknowledging at the at the end of this to have a little bit of space um if you're at home after listening to this or you're out and about just giving yourself a little bit of time doesn't have to be that long um just to acknowledge how you feel and um, and maybe do something nice for yourself. I mean, I think that's always a good idea anyway. Um, but if you are feeling a bit emotional, um, yeah, finding a space, um, whether it's being watching Friends or doing something you else. You should do that. <laughs> um, and... Um, and also check out the Rip Rap website and we'll have some more resources in our show notes. Thank you so much for listening to us today and, and including thank yous. Thank you for the to the wonderful students from Townley Grammar um, who all helped with um, research and production on the show today. Thank you to Lauren Costi for our music and Lizzie Doe for designing our logo. Thank you to Radio Facilities who records our show and special thanks to Rip Rap for letting us share their stories on our um, episode today. And this show is produced by Shine Cancer Support. You can find Shine Cancer Support on the web, shinecancersupport.org. Till next time, see you later. <laughs>